such an honor for me, and I couldn't be more excited uh, just to go in a, in a team that's going to be competing uh, every year uh, for a playoff or for a championship. Uh, I couldn't be more excited as a player. That's what we uh, we play for. That's what we. That's what drives us, and that's why I'm excited to to go and uh, and, uh, and play be playing for them. What's going on? You're listening to the Long Island Sound Podcast, your source for everything Isles, and the only Islanders podcast that has no clue what the hell goaltender interference is anymore. I'm one of your hosts, Damon Viteri, and I'm joined by big bad Ben Cohen. Well, kind of. My voice is like almost there. <laughs> go with it, Ben. Just go with it. When somebody hypes you up like that, man, you gotta just. You can't be like, well, not really. Oh, that's right again. Ready? Try again. Ready? I'm I joined by big bad Ben Cohen. Oh, you know I'm here. <laughs> and this guy, this guy, he's more well-rounded than a balanced breakfast. Special K, Kenny Ivero. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I'm going to try and remain calm until we start talking about this game. You guys really got to work on, like, your comeback. Dude, listen. Like, I know you don't know what I'm going to say, but you got to just, like, we're going to do some improv classes. We're going to, you know, look, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. You know why? Because I just had a cup of coffee. But also because we've got some stuff to talk about, man. So, look, I don't care how you guys are doing. I know how you're doing. You feel like me. You're pissed from the game last night against the Rangers. But, but. We've got to get into the trade deadline first. Lou Lamarillo woke up. He woke up. And I'm just going to paint this picture, and then I'm going to let you guys run with it, okay? I woke up on Monday, and I said, this is the second second worst day of the year as an Islanders fan. First day is always July 1st because we never get the big fish. The second day is always trade deadline day because – it's always like, well, we can't sign the free agents, but maybe we can trade for them. Maybe there's a chance. Maybe. And Lou's been sleeping for quite a while now. So when I woke up, I said, this is going to be just a regular Monday. And I tweeted, don't get your hopes up, Isles fans. You're going to be let down. And boy, am I happy to say I was wrong. Did you notice that I retweeted that at like 5 p.m.? Uh-huh. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, so you so you haven't been on board with Lou this whole time? What? Well, I believe I, know. Yeah, I yeah. believe it's in the audio archives of the Long Island Sound <laughs> podcast how I've felt about Lou Lamarillo since probably the first episode. I flirted with, it. I teased it at first, but now, now listen, we're all, we're definitely yet. all wrong. I mean, I've been wrong. I'm, I'll admit to being wrong about uh, comparing Varlamov to Laner. I was wrong about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, now, before we get into the moves that he made and the near misses and all that stuff, I want to know and be honest. When you woke up Monday, knowing that Lou had until three o'clock to do something, did you in your heart of hearts and be honest, did you think that something was going to happen? OK, I'll be honest. When I woke up on Monday morning, I thought the deadline was on Tuesday. 
God, man, you are just <laughs> killing me today. But you can't save me. me. You texted. Uh, honest, honest opinion. I really didn't. I didn't feel like it wasn't not possible, but I, I just, I really wasn't expect. I was like fifty fifty. Just and all, I'll say this: the only thing that gave me a little bit of hope was the amount of people trading. And I know that he was a name that was like supposed to go somewhere. So, but they see that the Islanders got him. I mean, it was just like, wow, like that was worth what they gave up. Yeah, of course, J.G. Peugeot signs with the uh, get traded to the Islanders and then signs a six-year extension. So wait, now I want to go back to Ben real quick. Ben, so you thought the trade deadline was on Tuesday. So were you just like sitting around and then all of a sudden like your phone starts blowing up? Like take me through this. How do you not know this? You texted me and I went to the bathroom during math class and I was like, and you go. Wait, about said, what first though? The Sorokin well, you, thing? So you texted me like, or you texted the group chat like, do you think we make a move today? And I said no. So, so I, you know, I, I took like 30 seconds. And I was like, oh shit, the deadline. And then I was like, no. And then again, like when was it? It was Monday. Yeah. So Monday, my day was fucking all over the place. I had a college counseling meeting and I, right before I walk in and it was like the one with my parents. And so everyone is there and it's a big deal and it's stressful. And I see my dad and the Islanders just got Pajo. And I was like, we fucking got someone. And like, we got the one. And then I get out of the meeting and we're, you know, we're talking about, you know, stupid colleges and shit. And it's like, we fucking extended him. Ugh. Yep. yep. All right. So that's, 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 that's good. I'll, I take that. Um, Ben, just a friendly, um, friendly advice. Take a look at Florida Gulf Coast University. Just saying, just saying, take a, take Jeez. a, take a gander at that. Anyway. So. Record Skype. And we can I, just, like, if I well, Google I mean, that, I'm just saying, I'm if I was school. your age, if I was your age, and I could go to any school in the world, I'm telling you, these kids at this school, it's on the Gulf Coast of, of Florida, it's, it's south, it, it, they have more restaurants and shopping, and not, like, I was excited when they got Burger King at, the, at Stony Brook, <laughs> when I went to Stony Brook, like, they yeah. got like a Burger King, I was like, oh my god, we got yeah. the Whopper. <laughs> Like Taco there was nothing before that. On the on a real note, I am looking at Miami. So no, this isn't the best job. Be the big fish in the little pond, man. Go to FGCU. It's a good school and it is not as expensive and too close to my grandparents. Oh, so, no, it's not. It's like two and a half hours <laughs> away. That's actually perfect. And, and maybe, maybe I could. You know, you don't have an older brother, right? I do have an older brother. Okay, well then, you're, you if you went to FGCU, you'd have two because I'd always be smacking you upside the head and checking in on you. So anyway, okay, so we've got too much to cover for this nonsense, but that was my that was my digression. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's let's start. Let's so so obviously huge news. The Islanders get probably the best player for them that was out there. We've been talking about no third line, and it starts with the center, and Derek Broussard was supposed to, and da 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 we all know. So, J.G. Pajot, face-off expert. I mean, the guy's like 50-something um, percentage. Uh, penalty killer, clutch, grinder, everything this team needs. A Barry Trotz, Lou Lamarillo-type player available. We get him. I was watching Trade Center on TSN, and the top two 
free agents that were or, or the top two trade targets that were available were Chris Kreider and JG Pajot, one and two. And um, obviously Kreider resigned. I'm glad the Islanders didn't go after him because I think he would have been another middle of the road, second, third line forward. Then we've got a ton of them. We don't need that. So um, best guy available, JG Pajot. And more importantly, I think best guy for the Islanders. Um, so two things that happened that I've never, I can't remember ever happening with this team. And I guess that goes to show you how different things are now. And I can't get 30 some odd years of conditioning, thinking the other way out of my system yet. So just bear with me, but the Islanders go out and they get the guy that they needed. Number one. And then they extend him for six years on a, on a fantastic deal. $5 million. I mean, I, I can't remember the last time that's happened. I mean, the last time we made a big trade, the guy was coming to the Islanders and he was crying. It was Ryan Smith. I mean, he was literally hysterical in the press conference. So this is very new to me and very different and strange. And I, I mean, I was just shocked at the fact that we gave up a first, second and conditional third for a third line proven center that's going to help and for six years now. So he's going to stay with the core. For the next six, you know, five, six years. That's huge, guys. That's huge. Yeah, and he's 27. <clears throat> so that's just like unreal. I mean, and it, honestly, I mean, we'll get into the game, but if you just stared at him every single shift last night on everything he did, he Which was we all did. perfect. He was literally unreal. He won every face off, he distributed the puck to the right person at the right time. He's got crazy like hand-eye coordination. He could stick handle. He, he's in the right spot. Did I mention he wins every face? Like we needed a guy like that. And when Sezikis comes back, psh, who cares about what happened last night? But we're going to be a problem if we get in the playoffs for teams. I think. Yeah, I agree completely. And a couple things about Pajot. Um, first of all, um, also about the game. Did you guys see when when Butch called him Pajot? No. I just didn't. like I was on the floor. I I know it, it was not that he actually thinks his name is Page. It was one of those like, you know, a butchism. Yeah, a butchism. Yeah, I expect it. I don't even like hear it anymore because he he just does it so often. It's just hilarious. Yeah, I think that's my problem too. I just yeah. don't. I mean, I don't always listen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But anyway, the real thing is that when you look at the Islanders. The Islanders, you know, we're, we're assuming we're going to re-sign Barzal, which, of course, we're going to talk about at length, you know, for an hour each week in the summer, because that's all anyone's going to talk about is re-signing Barzal until we do. But assuming we do, we've got maybe the best center depth in the league for— I wouldn't say in the league, but I'd say it's it's maybe in the top— you know, top Here's 10%. I would say, I don't, I don't Eastern think Conference, it's pretty... The reason that we don't have the best center depth is because our number one center is not Sidney Crosby. But we have, like, a top-tier third-line center, a top-tier fourth-line center, and, like, a borderline top-tier second-line center, and, like, a good first-line center. Like, I love Matt Barzell. Mm -hmm. He's mm -hmm. not, like, the best first-line center. But yeah. that, that's, why I would, that's why I would say depth-wise, because of Absolutely. how the two in the bottom six are in Pajot and Sezikis. And our penalty killing, like, <clears throat> yeah. goes up the, the through the roof now. That guy is sick. Yeah. And our power play a little bit, too. 
once he gets on the first unit, it's going to be a whole other ball game. They just didn't give it to him the first game, but he's going to be on the first unit quick because obviously you saw yeah. how bad our power play is. Well, they had him on the second unit in the bumper slot for for a minute, yeah. and, but he uh, made some stuff happen. Yeah, like it's amazing when you see a guy that comes from like God, another so system, and I don't know if it's just his you know, his speed and the way he sees the game. But like, it's so obvious when there's somebody new that knows what they're doing and it's isn't just, smart. you know, a, a, a prospect or a rookie. It's like, wow. All right. This guy sees the game differently than a lot of these other forwards that we have on the team. And that's what we need. It's another dimension that is so important. And we're going to talk about the game. So I want to, I, I don't want to linger too much on Pajot Cause I think it's going to blend into the, when we talk about the Ranger game, but, um, I want to talk about the chaos that was the deadline because, you know, leading up to it, you know, uh, Lamarillo getting green, that was that was important. That wasn't like a huge move that the league would take notice of, but it was big for us with Pellick being down. And so then coming into that a couple of days before before the trade deadline, all the stuff with Sorokin starts coming out and, you know. There are KHL reporters saying that the Islanders traded Sorokin's rights to the Chicago Blackhawks, which was crazy. Um, and then it came out later that that wasn't the case. And Darren Drager was the one who tw- who who uh, who tweeted it, like not a fake account, like the Darren Drager tweeted it and then walked it back and apologized. And it was like, what happened there? So, you know, the way I see it. And um and I'll get his name up um and I should have had it up and I apologize for that but I'll get his name up while you guys are talking but um do you think that this is something where like Lamarillo's trying to get a sense of what it's going to take to bring him over and maybe that broke down a little bit or do you just think it was like complete misreporting and I know these this is a, a guess but I mean there can't be that many options I mean the information got out somehow I mean there's no way that it just was made up so. Like, how does this happen? Well, I'll say that um, the way that it started on Twitter was these two conflicting Russian reporters. And one of them, I, you know, the little check next to your name is not everything, but one of them was verified and one of them was not. And I think the one who's verified, Igor Ronko, I want to say is his name. Um, yeah, I'm going to get, I'm going to get it up. That's exactly who I'm thinking of. Igor, it's Igor Ironko. Yep. Yeah. And so he reported that the report by the other guy, who I don't know his name, who originally reported it, was he got different reports and that the reports were that Sorokin actually had finalized the contract talks that he had with Lou. Because obviously I, I'm not 100% on the details, but I believe that he has to have a one-year ELC, but he can have bonuses a- attached yes. to it. And yes. so he's getting the max of the max of everything of, of the like bonus A and bonus B, I don't know the details of what they mean, but the what I understood was that that just sort of meant that he's coming over and that maybe the other guy and Drager picking it up said that it was from his teammates talking about it. And, you know, I guess it's, you know, it's not hard, but it, it's not easy either to sort of, I guess, just think that coming to North America might mean Chicago and not Long Island. I don't know. I mean, I think that might be a little bit of a stretch. I have the tweets here. If you want me to read them through just to kind of give you an idea, this guy, Igor Aronko, he's been on top of it from like day one with all this stuff. So he said, 
Um, per all right, so the guy that reported it originally, I can't read his name because it's all in Cyrillic. So um, his Twitter handle is S Fidoto F, and he said per that guy. Ilya Sorokin's rights are going to be traded to the Blackhawks soon. I'm hearing the opposite. Lou met Sorokin's agent. There's some requirements from Ilya's side, A and B bonuses, and Euro clause. 99% chance Sorokin is coming to the NHL next year, and he hashtagged the Isles and the Blackhawks. Then Drager walks back the tweet. He says Sorokin has not been traded to Chicago, despite the fact that his teammates and others in Moscow believe this to be the case. Chicago sources have confirmed no trade. And Aronko retweeted that and said, just another day in the office and said, Ilya Sorokin is widely considered as a, as the best goalie outside of the NHL. He's very, very technically sound. His skating and hockey IQ are very high. He doesn't want to play in the AHL and that's reasonable. Hashtag Isles. And then he said, remember that there's a real rivalry between Sorokin and Shesterkin. Ilya would come just to compete with his, with, with, with a close friend. I want that bad blood between two New Yorkers. So, like, I read that tweet, and I was like, oh, man, give that to me. But, like, just all of that that happened was 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 insane. Um, and that was that was just a couple of days before the deadline. Yeah. I mean, there's really not much I have to say with that. You guys covered it pretty well. But that was, like, a heart attack moment for me. I was like, what? You know, like, how, oh, man, like, this is not going to – all I could think about was Damon being on the podcast being like, I told you he sucks. Like, oh. No, no, no. I was – if <laughs> I would say this. I know that – I know that Lou – You would have definitely not, roasted Lou so hard if you treated well, no, Sorokin. Here's, here's what I would have done. Yeah, and, 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 and honestly speaking, this is what I would have done. I would have said if, if he traded his rights, there was no chance he was coming to the Islanders. So what do you do in that situation? Like he's already said it before Louis ever got here. He already said that he wasn't playing for Garth Snow. So like, you know, that's I think Shesterkin's success uh, is a huge motivator for him. And tell me he doesn't want to come to the rival Islanders and show oh, him yeah. up. Oh, he's sick. Be unreal. Oh unreal. You're going to play in a brand new building with great owners and you're going to be able to compete against your rival. Like that's huge. Not to mention also and less important, but he's going to be competing with his friend too because Farlamov is starting to play really well. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So no, I, I mean, I, it, it did materialize. So that means to me, that means that Lou made some made some serious ground. And you know, I know that this is a muddy, murky mess, and it's hard, been hard for me to verify exactly what it what the stipulations are. But I believe. That if Sorokin signs an ELC after the KHL season is over, he can play one game for the Islanders this season and burn his entry-level deal, which is what he wants because then the Isles can pay him real money. So there's a chance, and again, I, I've read this and I've seen, and you can tell, even TSN doesn't know what's going you know, and uh, uh, Darren Drager doesn't know what's going on with Sorokin and, and all this, but... I believe that's the case. So there's a possibility that he could even end up being an Islander this season, which, you know, I mean, again, this is all developing and, and, and who knows what. But anyway, that's 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 something. And now with the Pajot trade and with the Islanders young decor, if Sorokin comes over, I legitimately think the Islanders are poised to do some serious damage because they will have extreme depth down the middle 
They will have a very solid decor, and they will have outstanding goaltending. And that's how you win a championship. At that point, they're one of their winger prospects turning out to be a stud away from a contender or a free agent signing. If one of Bellows, Wallstrom, or Holmstrom, and like, what if maybe Koivalez plays on the wing, but I, I... I see him being like a 13th forward. Or yeah, like, oh, he hasn't good, impressed though. me. He hasn't Listen, impressed me much. He's not – I don't think he was bad last night. I thought he was just as good as your guy's boy before he got murdered by Truba. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'm not, resp- not going to respond to that because <laughs> I, am not a De- I am not a Michael Dalcole fan. Guys. So I'm not going to respond to that. I don't know. No, no one's a Michael Dalcole fan. I just don't despise him as much as you do. Right. There's tolerance levels. There's tolerance yes. levels. We I mean, it couldn't have been – I mean, the guy just like, oh. All right, look, you're you're, you're getting off topic here. We're going to cover it. Trust me. Trust me. Okay, so you talk about wingers, Ben, and I think every Islander fan at this point now would say that's the last piece because we got Peugeot and Lou locked him up, and you know what, man? Kudos because good deal, good contract, and he must have played some serious hardball because you know that he knew if he was giving up a first and second rounder, he knew Peugeot was signing that extension. Exactly. So, good on Lou. Big old brass balls on that yeah. man. So nice job. Now, let's get no to the chance. real craziness. Because no, as Dave, exciting as Dave. that was, as exciting as the Peugeot deal was, it didn't seem like Lou was done. And I was I happened to be working from home. So I had my computer up on one end. I had my TV on with TSN on the other side. And they start talking about Parisi, and I missed the beginning part, and I start hearing them talk about, well, you know, going back to where his father played, that's a, you know, that that's going to be a huge deal, and that would be a nice jump start for his career. And I'm like, wait a sec, Zach Parisi's dad is J.P. Parisi. He played for the Islanders, and the only other team that I remember him playing for were the North Stars, and he's already in Minnesota. So wait, what? And I, so I, 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 I start paying attention to this, and they're talking about Andrew Ladd being traded. For Zach Parisi. And I'm like, are you serious? So I jump on Twitter, and there's a bunch of sites reporting that the deal is done. And then NHL.com posts a tweet that says, is Zach Parisi going to be a New York Islander? And, like, like, where did all this come from? And so now I'm thinking, okay, this deal is done. There's no way. Because Parisi waves his no-trade clause to come to the Islanders. And apparently, Lou's been working this deal for at least a year with the Wild to get Parisi here. And Parisi has waived his no-trade clause to come to one team and one team only, and that's the Islanders, which is unbelievable. So the fact that you got Peugeot that signs an extension and Parisi to come here is, or wanting to come here, is huge. So now I'm like, all right, I'm, so, so I start looking at the numbers, and, and you guys feel free to stop me at any time as I'm, as I'm going off on this rant. But looking at Parisi's contract, he's got five years left, $7.5 I'm like, ooh, that's ugly. How the hell are we going to afford that? But then you think about it, okay, well, if we're trading Andrew Ladd, he's got three years left, five and a half million, and Parisi is a goal scorer, and we need that right now. And I'm like, okay, this makes more sense. So then everything kind of dies down for like an hour, hour and a half, and you're like, all right, is the deal dead? Is it not dead? Then these other tweets start resurfacing. Both both players have waived their no-trade clauses. It's a, it's a done deal. It's about figuring out the money. Um, and then you start seeing things like, oh, it's Ladd and Aho. For Parisi, and I'm like, okay, like that's fine. Aho, not not a big deal. 
and then just nothing. And three o'clock hits, and that's it. So it seems to me like they got stuck on figuring out how to structure retained salary, um, uh, recapture if Parisi retires before the end of his contract, which would take him till 40. Um, so there was a lot of ugly stuff that they had to work out, and I think they just ran out of time is how I see it, you know? I mean, maybe that that deal happens again at the end of the season, though, which could still very possibly happen if he, it was working on that for, for an entire year, you said, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that was the rumor. Yeah. And I agree that's with crazy. You, I totally agree with you. I think I think that they might have said, you know what? This is going to happen. Let's table it and let's let's take our time over the summer to get this right. Yeah. And that would be huge. I mean, like you said, what happens then, in my opinion, is you get Barzell on like an Ajo contract. And it's not going to be $11 million a year. Because I don't right. think he's playing like an $11 million a year forward. Panarin is, not yeah. Barzell. So mm-hmm. Bar- Barzell's not getting all this money from that everyone thinks he's going to get. Agreed. Yeah, He's not getting I $10 million. I would say that I originally thought that he would. But I, I don't think that – I was thinking about this actually over the last couple of weeks. And the thing about the way that we play hockey – with like no offense really takes away from contract value which is like kind of a really good thing it sucks because i would rather that matt barzell you know put up 100 points obviously but he's better than a 70 point player but he's a 70 point player so if we can pay him like a 70 point player awesome and we can do the same thing with Ryan Pulak and Devon Taves and have enough money to not sweat about the Pajot contract and maybe even be able to take Parise. And I think that's the other reason why his, you know, tabling to the summer is a great idea for both sides is because on the surface, the Islanders might have cap trouble in the summer. And it does. And it depends on and by, I say might because it depends on so many different things. Depends on obviously how much you get um, Barzal. um Pulak and Taves for it. Depends on if you want to, if and how you want to resign Matt Martin. It depends on. I mean, um, do you think Pulak's going to get a lot of money too? I don't think so either. What What's a lot of money? Like I six, originally, like whatever six, you guys originally thought, he's going to get less. Yeah, at the no, I think he's getting six. I thought he was going to get seven. Six plus. is reasonable, but that's pretty low. Yeah, I would I would say six is a rally around what he's going to get. But at the beginning yeah. of the season, I thought he would get somewhere around seven, and I thought Taves would get somewhere around six. And I don't see Taves yeah, getting no. six anymore. Taves going to get like a $4 million a year deal for like six years. He's going to no, get like longevity. No, he's not going to get six years, but he's going to get a bridge deal. I think they're going to push him down because they can because he, because he, hasn't, he hasn't burned as many years. So I yeah. think he's going to get something like what Polak has now. A two-year deal gonna, for what? And then – I don't. I mean, yeah. Like how much four, per? Really? Four and a half. That's a great deal, then. I mean, listen. If you're only paying him that much, now you're talking about having the money to definitely get Parisi. Or if well, that doesn't well, work well, out, well, you can think add about them. it. Think about it for a second, okay? So right now, and 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 I know that I know that this is all you know. So much of this can change, but right now they've got about 11 million in cap space. Bryce is gone. He that's three million. They've got Matt Martin. If Matt Martin comes back, Matt Martin's coming back for a million or a million and a half. If they pay more than that, that's stupid. And I love Matty Martz, and I know he wants to be here, and you can get him on a sweetheart deal. That's all He's that gonna you stay. Should. He's going to yeah. stay. So, so that should be one and a half million, something like that. So that's not much. You know, 
so you got Grice that's leaving. Um, you got to resign your RFAs. And then you've got to figure out, you know, the, if the cap goes up a couple of million dollars, let's say it goes up two or three million dollars, you're at 14 million. If Barzy gets eight and Pollock gets six, that's no, low. But, that's no, but it's plus what they're getting. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. If but how, Bar- much, I don't, how much I don't Bars are getting paid low. right I think, now? I think yeah. Barzy gets eight. I mean, I don't What's like getting right now, just 900 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. League minimum. It's the it's entry I think level deal. So, I mean, regardless, regardless, they can be creative. And and if they can find a way to get a cheaper defenseman and offload Nick Letty's contract while they oh, lose while they lose Grice, go. that'd be huge. Because you know what? Letty looked good at the beginning of the season, and he looks kind of like Nick Letty did before. He, he, he doesn't type his it, man. He looks soft. Ugh. I mean, he's fast, but he's not a he's not anything special. So Out of all the defensemen last night that you watched, and we got to watch those five guys like all night because of the you know, mm-hmm. green going down, Letty is most visibly the guy who just is just like, oh, God. He just – Mayfield is so much better than him for a quarter of the mm-hmm. price. It's yeah. like – we gotta find a way to move a guy like that. I think you can. I green back. Yeah. He's what? You'll be able to get green back. Like I think yeah, I'm okay with that for two years or a year. Yeah. Yeah. Two years. Yeah. Or or you just you know you, you find somebody else out there that's a little bit younger and maybe you know I mean you you've got you've got options. That's my point. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And if you you know you've got Sorokin and that deal that you'd have to work out. You've How got much would that RFAs. work out to be? You think per year for Sorokin? Like what's the I, I, dude? I couldn't even year? tell you. I could. I, I have it can't no be idea. unlimited, right? But like, it can't be like an unlimited deal, right? For this first contract, it's got to be capped at something, right? Or, or yeah, it'll probably be. It'll probably be like maybe two or three million. Okay, so you're paying seven million for goaltending. and that's pretty low. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's 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 it could be a little better, but I mean, regardless. So yeah. if they get Parisi, I mean, you're talking about if 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 the Parisi deal does happen. You're talking about a swing of like $2 million because Lad's contract is going off and, and Parisi's is coming on. So that's $2 million more. They can make it work, but they're going to have to lose some things. And, and, and Lou might need to ask himself, is it worth bringing, bringing in an older winger? But, I mean, I, look, when I thought that the deal was done, I was so pumped to have Parisi and Pajot against the Rangers. And, like, that's that's all I needed to know for myself. Like, I was like, I would be excited if Parisi was on the power play. Like, like we need that stuff. So, I think it How's would be good. How's he doing this year? They just have to tap dance a little. I think He's I saw that he would be goals. third. He would have been third in the on the Islanders in scoring if they wow. brought him in. He's got oh, hockey left. Dude, oh, he's, yeah. got, oh, yeah, he's, no, got he's got two years left. He's a, you know, he's a good it, player. He's it a good wouldn't player. be a bad contract. Like, I'd be fine with that. So, so the deal doesn't go through, and it's kind of like I wasn't gonna let that ruin my day because JG Pajot, but I was like, oh man, Lou could this could have been his boy Chuck Letty moment, like that could have been like, oh one, but wait, there's one more thing, like that would have been awesome, but it didn't happen. It might still happen down the road. I still think we need a winger, and that was the trade deadline day, and I, I again, I think we're a better team today, and I love what Barry Trotz said. Um, he said, look, he said, picks don't pan out. There's a good chance that a lot of these picks aren't going to be on this team. So I don't care about them. And he's right. And that's finally the way that we should be thinking about this is that the picks don't matter. You, you, you don't want to get rid of all of them, but how many years have you seen the good teams get rid of those picks and stay relevant? You can do it. You can do it. So a century. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. 
Anything else you guys want to – I mean, look, the Metro was an arms race. We're not going to get into every single deal. Marlowe's a penguin now, and Vatanen was moved, and, and the Canes did a whole lot of stuff. We're not going to get into that. I think that that's just – it's not it's not worth it. The Metro was an arms race, and at least the Islanders kept pace this year, which I wanted to see. Yeah, I had one more thing with the trade deadline, which was um, – I love the moves, obviously, but I will say that what is – equally as important, if not even more important than the acquisitions, is the the proof of the culture change that was showed. Because we know there was culture change. We saw it in the, wow, fuck you, Tavares, for leaving. We're going to go make the playoffs and go farther than you. And everyone doubts us, and we're going to be even better because of it. And it's been the case, you know, since day one. Everyone knows about the culture change from Bar- that Barry and Lou brought, but we saw today, or on Monday, that that was that included the rest of the league. That the rest of the league saw that too, because first of all, we now have a set a center center on every line. Where if you're a winger coming to the New York Islanders, whether you are already on the team, whether you're a prospect, whether you're a draft pick, whether you're in the AHL. Whether you're an unrestricted free agent or some a pending UFA, anyone in the league, you know if you're a winger traded to the New York Islanders, you're going to have a kick-ass center to play with. And who would not be – if you're a winger, is there a center on the Islanders that you don't want to play with? No. Was there a center on the Islanders you don't want to play with a couple days ago? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that was the center that we – bitched and moaned and deserved to about how every guy that was getting called up was getting thrown on the third line to fail. That doesn't exist anymore. And the second thing that goes along with it is that Zach Parise waived his no trade clause to come to the New York Islanders. We're talking about a team that was on everyone's partial no trade clause, whether it was three teams or half the league. The New York Islanders were on that list, along with the Winnipeg Jets and the Edmonton Oilers. That was the Islanders, and now they're a team that people are waving their clauses to go to. And we're not talking about anyone. We're talking about Zach Carice, the face of the Minnesota Wild. Waved his trade clause to come to the New York Islanders, and J.G. Pajot, the best acquisition because Kreider re-signed, not just came— made comments about how he wanted to be here right after he came and then signed a deal that showed it before he stepped foot on the ice. That's culture change. And that's showing that everyone in hockey sees this culture change. Even if some bumfuck in Toronto wants to still say that the Islanders are, you know, bullshit and boohoo and whatever. Oh, who cares, man? They lost to a Zamboni yeah. driver, a 42-year-old Zamboni driver. So they can they can do whatever they want up there. I really don't care. Yeah, they're in good shape. Yeah, they're in great shape. Did you see? <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Kenny, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna speak your piece in a second. Did you see nah, Tavares okay. getting tossed around yesterday at the Lightning game, and no one came to his aid? <laughs> no, dude, they're the softest. They have issues, dude. Oh Jeez, my god, he got You know dumped. what Lou's gonna say to Barzell? He's gonna be like, "Listen, if you wanna uh, get paid eleven million dollars and get a hundred points and miss the playoffs every year, go to Toronto. Yeah, if you wanna exactly. make eighty points and get paid nine million a year, shut your mouth, and you have a chance to win for like go for a cup, like." Yep. See you later. Like, that's mm-hmm. just the difference, that, in my opinion. Word for word. All you needed was the accent, which Damon could have provided, and you're go. good. 
Matthew. No, I'm not doing it again. I can't do this right now. I can't. Let me tell you a story about Toronto, Matthew. I've spent many years there, and I must say, they like their skinny jeans and their matcha tea lattes. Anyway, okay. You mean like New Yorkers? So, um, yeah, I think that speaks volume, and I think the culture change, Ledecky and Malkin started it. They've been incredible owners for this team. I don't think we could have asked for better ownership. And uh, Lou Lamarillo, obviously, with his culture change, Barry Trotz, it's it's absolutely you know apparent now. And um, yeah, it, it's it's awesome to see. And this was really um, this was it was an exciting day. It was an exciting day. Uh, Kenny, you have anything you want to add before we get into the uh, Battle of New York? No, I think that pretty much covers it. I mean, yeah, we got it all. Let's get yeah. into this game. Probably the most exciting trade deadline day that I can remember in a long time for the Oh, yeah. Since Ryan Smith. Really, since Ryan Smith. And what was that? When was that? 06? 06? 2006? Or 07? 06. Seven. Right, yeah. Whatever. It was 15, 13, 14 years ago. It was a right. yeah. Okay. The first two period. The first, like, fuck the score. The first two period. Until the power play, really. Or, on, yeah, until the Islanders power play in the second period. The game against the Rangers was just as exciting. Fuck me, it was, it was like I was watching the game on 1.25 pace. Yeah, uh, I've never. Okay, so so obviously, you know, coming out of the deadline, you've got this incredibly heated rivalry. Now the Rangers are surging. The team does not lose. They're on our heels. You know, we come into the game six points up on them. Obviously, Isles, you know, won their last two. Rangers won their last three. Both teams excited about the direction they're heading. Obviously, some some drama with uh, the car accident with Shesterkin and Buchnevich, and and hopefully those guys are back in action soon. You know, you hate to see that, but um, you just had such energy in that building. You had Peugeot's debut, and man, I can't remember the last time that the New York Islanders came out. They were shot out of a cannon. It was like watching them in the playoffs. You know, they were just going i mean they were all over the rangers they were they were out shooting them by like like 15 16 or something um just an incredible start and just watching them roll the four lines and all i kept saying was oh man if casey was back it'd be even more impressive but like just watching them roll back to the point shots shots shot i mean it was just and georgiev playing you know standing on his head um i mean (sighs) i can't remember the last time they looked like that coming out of the coming out of the gates it was really, really impressive. And then, like you mentioned, if we can just get Casey back and just play like that, we're going to be fine. Like, we yeah. are going to be more than fine. It seems like everybody is just, like, fired up, even if they're not playing with Pajot, They are. It's like everyone's just, like, at another level right now. And I hope Green's okay. Have we heard anything about that? He's day-to-day. So, so yeah, so he makes a play. He, he dives to, to get the puck out with, like, a broken stick. It was kind of a weird play. And, yeah, and it was a hell of a play, first. though. It was yeah. a great play. Oh, it was a hell of a play, yeah. He's a like, warrior, for sure. He's a beast, dude. Yeah. He went so, for He went for it, right? Like, he's <laughs> he's making the trip. He's making the trip to St. Louis with the team. Okay. So, that's was good news. Clutterbuck and Dal Cole. Yeah. Well, well Dal Cole's not dead. No, uh, yeah, we'll get we'll get into that. We'll get into well, that. But so, more importantly, Clutterbuck is like that's huge. Yeah, Clutterbuck's back from his conditioning stint, 
So after we, we didn't mention this, but after the trade deadline, Bellows ended up getting assigned back to the AHL. Koivula stayed with the team. Clutterbuck, Lad, they're staying with the team now. So Clutterbuck finishes conditioning stint. He's making his way over. But uh, so, um, so the Islanders just did everything but score. They get a power play, and their power play looks like it always does, which is dog shit. And sure enough, kills the energy in the building, kills the momentum on the ice. And what, 30 seconds later, a minute later, Panarin scores. one nothing Rangers. Just like that. How do you guys feel about that goal? Was it his fault? What, do you think it was his fault? Or you think Varley's he should have stopped fault? that? Are you saying yeah. it was Varley's fault? I think he should have stopped it. I don't it. think so. I don't think so. He had to move over. He, Panarin was wide open in in the circles. I know, he I know. Have... He was pretty far out, and he got he didn't keep his pad down. Yeah, but he because he's moving laterally, dude. I mean, like, uh, you, don't you don't see a lot of goals lift their pad up like that before. You know what I mean? Like, you got to stop the stuff on along the ice. I get it if he gets beat like blockers out under the arm or something, but like he's like him going across wasn't smooth. He lifted his pad. Sure. Like Gord makes that what? state. That's the problem. Like we don't have like well, sick goaltending yeah. right now. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, Panarin being that wide open, I don't put. I I would put if if I had to assign blame. That's 70% coverage, 30% Varley's fault. Okay. All like, right. Maybe I'm wrong. Because if Varley moves over and his pad's on the ice, Panarin's not shooting it on the ice. He's shooting it up high. He still get, has a, a high probability of scoring. He's a sniper. It's just where his pad, like, lifted, it just was like it didn't look like it was smooth. Yeah. It looked like he's, he's like, fighting it a little bit. Like, that game was so high-paced, Gorgiev didn't flinch the entire time, and I was really hoping that, like, Varlamov would show the same, but he was, like – kind of crapping himself a little bit like i don't yeah, know the rebound like he just look right and the other two goals were not his fault obviously i'm skipping ahead but i don't know it was tough no, i don't think so i don't think they were his fault either i mean that was soft coverage in front you had deflections i mean those are not his yeah, fault yeah the third goal and then i'm jumping ahead too but the third goal i mean can nick letty show a pulse out there like he didn't do anything to tie the hell he just stood there too. Yeah, but that was a crazy deflection. It was, it was, it was. So, so yeah. So I mean, the Islanders were all playing them. They're down. They 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 end up go, going down two nothing. And you're just sitting there like, you know, isn't this isn't this the same shit? The same shit we always see. And then JG Pajot makes a great play. Puck comes off the glass. He grabs it out of the air. Drops it down in one motion and bats it in the net. Welcome to the New York Islanders, sir. And thank you for showing us that the team can have a pulse. Written in the stars. Dude, totally. Oh, I love him so much. Kenny was talking about it earlier about how, like, if you were watching him closely every shift, he just didn't put a foot wrong. And I don't know. I, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I almost feel like I can. Like, we were all watching him closely every shift and he really really did not put a foot wrong his he won every single puck battle he won every single where i know i'm beating a dead horse but i'm so excited for him to continue and i'm so pissed off that he didn't get the opportunity to play in the third period yeah Yeah. so all right so we're on peugeot let's talk about it so peugeot gives because i think we're gonna have some some debate here i just have a i I'm, i'm feeling that so Pajot gives a buddy pass to Michael Dalcole, and Dalcole gets the pass, has his head down, Truba sees him, open ice hit, 
blows the kid up. Just blows the kid up. Now, all I've seen on Twitter are Ranger fans telling Islander fans to stop complaining, and all I've seen are Islander fans complaining about the hit. I'm just going to say I don't think it was an illegal check, and that's all I'm going to say for now. I agree. It wasn't It wasn't an illegal check. It was – you just – I don't want to see anybody get hurt, whether I like the guy or not, but you're just not supposed to do what he did in that – especially like – in that kind of game, even though there wasn't any big checks being thrown, you just have to like be a little bit aware. And he just lost. He just stopped thinking for a second and just was looking for the puck. And geez, that was tough. That's a tough one. I've but been it was clean it for forever. And I, I honestly can't decide. And I think it's just because my bias is telling me that it was illegal but I don't think it was. Right. And it's one of those where, like, was it a hit to the head? Yes. But it was a hit to the head because Del Cole's head is, like, at a 90-degree angle, like, fucking parallel to the yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. That, like, I'm so glad you said down. that, Ben, because no doubt in my mind, Truba hits Del Cole's face first. Like, absolutely. However, if you really watch the hit, Islanders fans, you will see Dal Cole's head is down, and Truba does not target the head. He drops his shoulder to plant his shoulder in Dal Cole's chest. Dal Cole's head is like not even down; it's like way down. Like it should not be there. So, you know, Butch talking about how he left his feet. Like he did not leave his feet. He <laughs> hit Dal Cole, and the impact had him jump up. He didn't leap to make the hit. And I'm like, yeah. come on, Butch. Like, you got to be yeah. that, man. He did not leave his feet. No. Yeah. When Butch that's what said, happens when you kill someone. <laughs> yeah. When Butch said, in my day, that's a clean hit, that was the closest he was going to come to being unbiased. Um, And also, I'd say, like, I never really had that big of an issue with the hit. What pisses me off is I, I genuinely – we talk at length about how no one knows what the goaltender interference is. I don't know if it's just me who doesn't know what the instigator rule is, but whatever it is, it's fucking stupid. I understand. I agree it was not an illegal hit, but when you get fucking destroyed the way Del Cole was, did and someone sticks up for you, I don't understand how you can be faulted with a penalty, let alone 17 minutes right. for – yeah. Sticking up for him. Well, was, because the league is saying yeah. the league is saying that's a legal hit. You can't just jump somebody and start throwing punches because you're taking that player out of the game, out of, out of the the play for five minutes. You know, so right. Um, but but Truba, you know, so, it's not like Truba stopped. It's not like Truba was like, oh, do I really have to fight? He was willing to fight. He was yeah. like, okay, that was a big ass hit. Let's fight. I mean, in in in. My it should have been a power that's play. Five minutes. Yeah, that's five Rangers. minutes each, and maybe, maybe it's an extra two minutes for the Rangers on the power play. And then, yeah, that's it. But you don't, you don't. That's not seventeen minutes. Yeah, that's, that's bullshit. What's seventeen misconduct for? I don't like. Can you explain that to me? Because I just don't understand. That's what that's happens the, when Jim Dolan sends you a two million dollar check under the table every year to Gary Bettman. No, that's not. No, it. you. you uh, was, am, I, am I close? So can, I, can I just? <laughs> I, and, and Ben, I saw you tweet this too. Do you guys not understand that the Rangers uh, don't need to 
pay off the NHL. The Rangers are a big market. The NHL wants New York in the playoffs. Not Long Island. They want New York in the playoffs. They don't need to pay anybody off. Whether they pay them or not, that was a little – I mean, that wasn't even the worst call of the game. Right. No, I agree. I agree. So let's just stick with the Pajot thing for one second. So he gives Dalcola a buddy pass, and then he sticks up for his teammate. Did you notice also everybody's favorite player to rag on, Josh Bailey, had his gloves dropped too? Bailey was ready to yeah. go. Yeah, no, I saw that. I noticed You know that. what? I'm going to do something ready. really weird here. I'm going to call out my mom right now because she says – she calls Josh Bailey the ice cream man. And you know why she calls him the ice cream man? Because she says he's Mr. Softy. He wasn't Mr. Softy there. He dropped his gloves. He's ready to go. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so, he's not. He's something you don't want to mess with, Bailey. That's sure. <laughs> so, Pajo, I mean, great play, you know, showing heart. But 17 minutes, I was, I, I, I'll, I'll be, I'll be honest. I was kind of like, oh, he's got to know that that's gonna take him out of the game, and we needed him. At that point, it was three-one. I wasn't mad at all. Like I was like, hell yeah, this guy's the man. Yeah, no, I mean, it was great. It was great um, from that standpoint. And I just blamed Dalcal for putting his head down for Pajot getting kicked out of the game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I get Islander fans. I get Islander it's fans. It's Dalcal's fault. Yeah. yeah. And I get the yeah, Islander fans. Fan like, if you really look at the rules, that's not, that's not, a, that's not a suspendable play. And, and the league looked at it and said no. So, anyway, a, 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 a play that I will disagree with and I said it at the very beginning of the show, the goalie interference. Are you kidding me with that? Oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. Anders Lee is at the top of the crease. There's a ranger between him and his goaltender. He's getting pushed into the crease. He doesn't touch Georgiev. Georgiev pushes him away, leans to the wrong side, and they score. And that's goaltender interference. Are you kidding me with that? I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Because no one knows what goaltender interference is. But based on what, you know, what, A, what should be common sense, B, what I think it is from, like, being a hockey fan, and C, the things that Brendan, who tries to be, you know, unbiased, um, says that you are allowed to be in the crease if you are not, uh, like, abs- preventing the goaltender from doing his job. And the goaltender was not making an attempt to go to the outside, to the top of his crease. And when he did, Lindgren pushed him back into his crease. As in Lindgren, the Ranger player, while Anders Lee stayed in the same spot and had no effect on anything happening. Joke. It was a joke. Aside from the absolute fact that joke, it obstructed his view, which is perfect and legal. He had nothing. Like he had everything to do with the goal because he obstructed Georgiev's view. But in terms of affecting the way Georgiev made the save purely from like a reaction standpoint, he had nothing to do with the fact that the goal went in. And at the, at a certain point, you have to like. In my opinion, it's hard to say this because I, it's a very flawed argument. But at a certain point, with these with calls as egregious as this, when it, it gets to a point where if I can send a gif of this to a non hockey fan and be like, "This was goaltender interference," and they like 
start laughing their ass off, there's an issue. Mm-hmm. Like when you think of goaltender interference, you think of Chris Kreider. You don't, and you think like maybe you think of pushing their pad into the net. If or you're just even fan. obstructing the goaltender, so your your leg. Okay, so if Lee's leg is in the crease and Georgiev goes to move over and he clips him and he can't slide all the way over and it goes in, that's goaltender interference. Georgiev initiated contact after a Ranger defenseman was pushing Lee into the crease, reset himself, looked the wrong way, and got beat. And that's goaltender interference. That is a joke. That's all I can say. I a joke. Believe it. I couldn't believe it. That was like the hardest moment of my entire night for Doc. Like I, that could have ruined my entire night with me and my girlfriend just because I was like, she's. I just couldn't believe that that happened. I'm just like, what did she say? Oh, yeah. What did God. she think? Did she say that? She was thought it was. A, she thought it was. A, uh, she thought it was no goal. I'm like, you just don't know hockey. Red it's okay. Fans, man. Ugh. It's okay. It's okay. She's gonna play next. Say something. I'm gonna say something to her. It's a deal breaker. I'm gonna be. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna whisper in her ear. Goalie interference. So. Yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. That 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 they think that these Ranger fans. Like sometimes I wonder. It's like, are you that much of a homer that you can't see? Like I can be impartial. I can say, yeah, my scrub forward had his head down and got blown up and he deserved it. For you to say like, oh yeah, that wasn't a goal. Like, are you kidding me? I know, I know, dude. It was like, I was like, okay. Yeah. So Trotz okay. challenges it, knowing that he could take a two-minute penalty in a crucial. I don't know how much time was left. Maybe seven, eight minutes, something like that. Like there wasn't yeah. that much. Time, maybe even less than that. Um. And Trotz challenges it because he's like, okay, like the rest of us, that clearly wasn't goalie interference. So we're gonna get this goal, and we're gonna we're gonna you know get into a gunfight here at the at the end of the game. And they say they still review it and say it's no goal. And he's like, I couldn't believe okay, it. okay, fine. Do you think so, Lou was on the phone with like NA, the NHL after that game, being like, "Do it in your voice." How he would answer? How how would he call NHL? <laughs> They're like direct line. Gary, then, Gary, I'm not upset. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> call me back, Lou. <laughs> no, it's actually no need to call me back. Just, <laughs> yeah. just fix it. Don't don't call me back. I won't answer, Lou. Anyway, the so uh, so I was going to kill. Strom takes a stupid trip on Mayfield, four on four. Ebbs comes out of the box. Wait, we scored a power play goal. I just realized that. Yeah, no, Eberly yeah. scored. Yes. Yeah, we did. So so Eberly comes out of the box. Barzy's playing with the puck, playing with the puck, finds him. Gorgeous goal. This kid fucking yeah, dances down Broadway, roofs a backhander. He's on fire. He is he is the Eberly second half now. player for sure. He's a second half player. He yep. plays in January on, which is fine with me. Yep, absolutely. So beauty of a goal. So now, now we got a couple of minutes left. Um, Isles are buzzing back and forth, and they pull the goalie, and they and they they had their chances. They were getting shots. They were getting shots. Um, they stuck with it, and Brock Nelson, man, the hero, with about 17 seconds left, puts it between Georgiev's legs, ties up the game. I mean, that was. That showed so much character for this team to deal with the crap they dealt with, the bad calls. They were dominating the, the play. They weren't getting calls, you know, throughout the whole first period, most of the second period. For them to battle back through all that adversary, uh, uh, um, Pajot getting thrown out, um, losing Green, losing Dal Calder, down three men, for them to scratch and claw their way back 
was just that showed so much heart with this team. Oh, ben, you go first. Two players about that I think deserve so much credit that aren't going to get it. First of all, Matt Barzell had two secondary assists, or a, a, a primary assist and a secondary assist. His assist for Eberly was fucking gorgeous, and he has also assisted Taves's slap pass to to Nelson, both of which were brilliant. Love Matt Barzell and love Devon Taves for that that shot. Um, and also the Swiss Army knife of this team. We've brought we brought him up earlier. Um, Finally got to play on the third on the wing with a really good center, and look who already got an assist. It's Mr. Josh Bailey. Yep. Ugh, I he's yep. his relationship. Something with him and Pajot was just gonna click. I, I think I, so too. Yep. Yeah, I think Dude. so too. Bailey oh, yeah. looks like ba- Bailey he's looks got someone like playing he's his comfortable level. with him now. I want to say a few things. So let's let's just get overtime out of the way because I think there's other stuff we, we, we want to cover with, with this game and with the team. So overtime. So first of all, the fact that the Owls stole a point from the refs and the Rangers was huge. Okay. Um, really sloppy overtime. You had three guys. You had Bo. You had Nelson. And I think it was Taves out there with them. Letty. Letty. Okay. All three of them go Wells. after Panarin. Don't win the puck battle. Panarin chips it to Zibanejad, and he blows it past Varley. I, you know, does Varley need to stop that one? Probably. He was so uh, far out of his crease, and he just missed it. Um, and, and Zibanejad <sighs> blew it past him. That sucked. That was so quick. We didn't even get Barzi out there. Um, but still, the point, that was huge. The rivalry is back. The Rangers are going to be good for a long time, and you know what? So are we. So these games are going to be – this is just the start of – you know, the Isles and Rangers at each other's throats for the next, you know, three to five years. Um, so I'm, I'm pumped for that now. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I just, like you said, that move by Zabinijad was, I'm just gonna, it was just like so disrespectful. <laughs> like I'm just gonna blow it by you here. Like there was no like leg kick and like anything. And he could have done whatever he wanted there. Like it was just, Oh, I don't know, man. Varlamov, like, the guy, how far would he have had to come out to stop that puck? Like, would he had to have been on top of him? Because he might as well have been. Like, how did you not stop that? I'm sorry. Like, make a big save. Because he yeah. didn't make any big saves. No, no. We got – no, that's exactly what nothing. I said. I said like, we had we're no in big trouble. saves from him. That's our problem right now. Like, if like the thing you said about Sorokin, if he can somehow get in here, why not get a little bit of magic? Shostorkin's done it. For the Rangers, so maybe who knows? That's a really long shot, but I think we got to keep rotating Grice in because I have more faith in Grice getting hot and going on a run than Varlamov. Varlamov just—it's just I get maybe it's just the Ranger games, but he does not play good against the Rangers, man. He's like well, it's the big shaky. spots, right? He kind yeah. of he kind of melts the big like, spots, and that's not good for the up, playoffs. When the pace goes up and the puck goes back and forth, back and like, and there's no whistles, he kind of shits himself a little. Yeah, yeah. Like it's obvious. And yeah. I don't like He's like me. I didn't want to tweet it because I'm like fucking scared of being, you know, Isles Twitter attacking me. But, you know, when the shots count was like 10 to 1 at, after like 5 minutes, I was thinking of tweeting this is just definitely one of those games where Varlamov shits the bed. 
Not because he's Varlamov, not because it's whether it was Grice, not because it's him, because that's just like a thing. Didn't you just see that where yeah. in the first period you were like, fuck, we're really going to go down one nothing with the shots total of like 20 to two. Because we won yeah, that. Well, Georgiev stopping everything that they're throwing at him. I mean, he's he's all over the ice and like our like we can't get a save. And you can't – you're not going to have success with a team built like us if your strength isn't goaltending out. And that's also that's also a Lou Lamarillo thing, which is why I think he would be insane to, to not do everything he possibly can to get Sorokin in here because he's not stupid. And he knows that that's how you're going to win a championship is having a good goalie. I mean, yeah. it's just the Rangers have two of them. Yeah. Like how? I think it's time to just get this kid here ASAP and let him play a game or whatever it is because – it can't be worse than what we got going on right now. It really can't. Like I can't picture Sorokin coming in here and not and giving up five goals against the Rangers. I'm sorry. He probably would have let it two. He probably yeah. makes one of those crazy deflection saves. Like that's just how good he is. That's how good Gorgiev was. Like mm-hmm. just be better. Like yeah. I get it, deflections, but you're so like you're committing so hard to this shot that's like going a foot wide. Like why are you not? A little bit in position. Like, I get it. It's not his fault. But you got to win a game like that. It's just, dude. Yeah. You know who's going to win that game? And I say this at the risk of being slandered for the rest of eternity. You know who's going to win that game? And it's going to be against Shesterkin. It's going to be Sorokin. He's going to win that game. Yeah. The question is, is what what color sweater is he wearing? (laughs) Who's he well, beating Sorokin at? Who's he, which team is he playing for where he's beating Sorokin? Is it us or, or, or Shesterkin? Is it us or is it somebody else? <laughs> I don't know, but that's the question. But, yeah. but here's the thing, Damon. In three years' time, because the Rangers, I fucking hate them, but they're they're in an outstanding rebuild right now. They're doing it the right way. Um, it helps with how throws you a lottery ball your way, too. Well, I, I, I agree completely, but they're— My kid's not even know, playing good. But they're— how they're being helped or not, they're in an in the midst of an amazing rebuild right now. Mm-hmm. And the Islanders are a little a couple years ahead, but we're, you know, without jumping the gun, we're looking at a the first time in a long time where the Rangers and the Islanders are gonna be playoff teams for like years and years to come. Yep. And it's no, gonna that's be exciting, exciting, man. Like that's... like we played a playoff game last night. Yeah, we I, mean, I would. Yeah. If that was how the games were every night, man, I, I mean, that would just be incredible. Like that, I, I couldn't, I couldn't be mad after the game. I was, I was like, ah, oh, damn. Yeah. Man, really? Yeah. Get, me too. You know, you could have been up by eight. You could have been up on the Rangers by eight, and that would have been like a stranglehold. This we stole a season. point. We stole a point. So fine. Okay. But, but what about the schedule coming up here, though, dude? I mean, jeez. Uh, so, so there's they, uh, it's it's hard right now because we got the Blues coming up and we've got the Bruins coming Bruins. up. But after that, they're we playing, never play good against Montreal. They're playing eleven non-playoff teams. I know, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's just something I have tra- I have trauma from every team. You do, you do. Yeah. That's the, that's what happens when you're when you're a Mets, Jets, and Islanders fan. It happens, man. Like you, you just you. Know, like I'm you just get... looking at it like Montreal. Like yeah, we should beat them, but they're definitely gonna beat us. Just because. Ah, you can't say that. We got <laughs> like, Pajot now, man. Pajot kills the Habs. He's the Hab killer. All right, I'm okay with All right, that. So look, yeah. Let me ask you guys two questions because um I, I wanna you know I there's, there's two players that I want to talk about briefly and they're just little things but um we talked about Josh Bailey earlier. 
I love Josh Bailey to death. Everybody knows I will defend him. I think he's got great vision, but I'm I'm ready to say that he should not be getting power play time anymore. I, I agree. Think that his passes, he he is he's part of the reason why the power play is so deliberate. When you watch the Rangers power play, it's just pass, pass, shot, pass, pass, shot, pass, pass, set play, shot. Like us, mm-hmm. it's circle around, crisscross, slow pass, the candle, slow pass. Like there's a reason why our power play is terrible. And I think part of it is you got to get Bailey off the power play it, or at least put him on the second unit. Don't have him on the top unit because I think there's, I think there are better options. Yeah, he's way better off the rush. He's pretty creative, and, like, his passes seem to be, like, even, like, they have more of a snap on it when it's, like, improv on the go. But when he's on the power play, he just paces so slow. It's just like, geez, dude, what are we doing here? It's like, I don't know. I agree 100%. I think it's time to move on. But Pajot take his spot? I mean, I, I could see that happening really, rather quickly. No, because then you're still leaving either Broussard or Del Cole on the power play. I agree that— I'm okay with Broussard on the power play. Uh, Yeah, I'm okay, too. He's got a high skill set. Yeah, I I think he honestly takes his game to another level now that Peugeot's here. Because he knows he's going to be the first one out next year. That's why I'm not ready. No, because I'm not—that's the same reason I'm not ready to let let go of Bailey on the power plays. Because Bailey and Peugeot are going to play together on the third line, and we were just talking about the connection they have. Give him a couple games in the power play. Yeah, but it's different, Ben. It's a different kind of chemistry, man. When when you're up a man, it's a totally different mindset than when you're playing five on five. I don't think that that translates. Agreed, but I do think that Pajot will change the second power play, and I just want to see how it works with Bailey. I mean, I think you got to. I think it's time. I think think you got to make a tweak here. And why not? What if you put Parisi in the. uh, Never mind, sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry, too soon. Okay, so that was my first thing. I just wanted to get your your thoughts on that. I, again, I love Josh Bailey, but I think something's got to change with the power play. You can't so, keep going on like this for two years. You've changed co- the coaches, changed yeah. the personnel. Who so comes into the lineup now that Dal Call's dead? Kiefer Bellows. Not Kunako. I thought Kiefer Bellows looked really good in the game against uh, uh, San Jose. Yeah, he looked I good mean, against San Jose. He, he, he hit I the thought, post, didn't he? I thought he looked good. I won his shot on that power play. Yeah. I won his shot. I but won he, his didn't, shot he did give the puck away a couple of times in that game, too, I he think. He did. He did. But we can't have a system I know. I know. where I know. none of these kids can make a mistake because they're going to play scared. They're not going to play loose. And then if they make one mistake, they sit at the end of the bench for a whole period. You can't. It can't be like that. Well, but that's so why. Bellow steps up now, you think. Well, but that's why signing. I mean, damn, that could make. That could be great. That's the other thing about Pajot is we talked about how there's no bad option as a center. And when you bring your wingers up, regardless of how bad a situation you can put them in, aside of playing them like four minutes a night, you can't put them in a bad situation because they're playing with good players now, regardless of where they are. You can't put Bellows on a line next to Broussard and Del Cole and be like, well, he was shit. And then everyone is like, well, yeah, he was playing with the two worst players in the team. Now, if you bring Bellows up, he's playing with Pajot and Josh Bailey. Totally different, man. Jeez, that's oh, going to be so, crazy. Do you, that you could have, be yeah, crazy. that's what that's that's what one guy does. It Dude, shifts that, the that whole, could be so crazy. Shifts the whole dimension. So I want to talk about another thing since we're since we're talking about centers. 
Um, and I know, I know he scored. He was the hero in the, in the dying seconds of uh, of the game um, against the Rangers. But what's going on with Brock Nelson? And 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 I'm going to preface this by saying this isn't like the the Brock Nelson disappearing act of 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 old. Um, something is off with this kid because it's not like there's. I think he's injured or or something's going on because. He's not digging out the puck from the corners. His passes have been off target for weeks now. He's his shot. He's fanning on his shots, or he's missing the net completely. Like he just looks like something's like not right with him. Like, am I crazy? Because usually when Brock disappears, like he disappears. Like you just don't see him. You don't notice him. He's still like in the right position and doing the right things, but he's not executing on anything. Uh, definitely. Hey, listen, I mean, at this stage of the season, I mean, I, I think probably everyone's playing with something. And if like, I mean, I, I, by no means, I shouldn't even bring this up, but <clears throat> I have a, excuse me, <clears throat> I have a sprained wrist and like, I literally like can't shoot the puck. <laughs> like I can play, but that's a probably a pretty good point. Like me, he might be playing through something and that's something that takes a long time to heal. It's like a high ankle sprain, like wrist injuries, especially if you just keep playing on it. So maybe he's hurt because if he was as bad as he was when you didn't recognize him for stretches, Barry would have, like you, like you said, we just sat him by now. But yeah. maybe he just wants to stay in the lineup because he knows if Bellows gets in there on like the second line, I'll probably light it up and get, you know, I don't know. These guys are competing for jobs now. It's not like it used to be. So... But like, do you notice it? Like, am I like, if I didn't say something, is this is um, this a thought that like you've had? Because like, like it's not again. It's like maybe that goal even... last night, maybe overlook it a little bit. But my before that big t- game tying goal, like last night against the Rangers, maybe yeah. I think I think Bailey looks like a little bit off too. But like I said, I think Pajot could maybe make all these guys just a little better because now that's way less pressure. These guys can play against the third pairs or different like matchup situations like it's just going to be better for everybody yeah. so i, I want to judge these guys i want to give them all like 10 games now with pajo mm-hmm. before i say oh man we're in trouble here like and when do when does Sezikis come back because i mean I once Sezikis comes back every line goes 10 12 minutes so a guy like bellow is going to get a much bigger opportunity when Sezikis comes back if they call him up <laughs> well, how long is Dalcala out for? I know I said he was dead. He's a dated, times, everybody's listed day to day right day now. Day. So is Reed, he Dalcala. The... Yeah. I don't know. Well, he traveled to St. Louis, so yeah, he traveled to St. Louis. It'll be it'll be interesting to see who they ice for tomorrow. in the luggage. I mean, this is a tough man. This is a they got a war on their hands the next two games. God. Well, that's the thing is that when you think about who's the third guy on the Bailey Pajot line. You don't have the we. T- I just talked about it, but you don't have the excuse of I played on the shit line. So if you're shit, you're out of there, and the next guy's up. If Del Colt plays against St. Louis and Boston, and is shit, all right, it's Tom Kunako, and you know Tom Kunako's come. Kunako's going to be shit, and then you're then it's Bellows' time. There's not. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Kunako comes in and scores his first game back. You went the opposite. I thought you were going. No, no, I was. I I thought you were going to say what I'm thinking, which is I'm going to go out on a limb and say Tom Kunakle doesn't play another game this season. I'd rather buy a Tom Kunakle jersey than a Michael Dalcal jersey. I bet you that Michael Kunakle scores first before Dalcal does the rest of the season. Michael Kunakle? Whatever his name is, it doesn't matter. They both suck. Nightmares are made. (laughs) 
It's a MDC. I bet you Kunakal scores before Dalkal does. Let's make a bet, Damon. I'm not betting that. That's Why? Like, Why? That's like, that, you know, because you know what that's like? That's like watching two dogs shit outside and saying, who's, who's shit is going to turn white Dude, first? Kunako's going to play two games and score a goal. Dalkal's going to play 20 the rest of the way and have one. Kenny, I'll do it. You want it, dude? You yeah, want the smoke? Let's do it. Watch the turds dry. You, you go ahead. No, now Cole's scoring against Boston. He's not what? He's in a dude. He flew in the luggage. He's in a body bag. He's dead. Uh, He's not playing. <laughs> He's dead. Did you see how? Like, look at Tom Kunakal's ice. I want to get. He's gonna be hockey. better now at hockey. Like what? What? Maybe he knocks some. Maybe he knocks some of that steel in the back. Come on, of his you guys aren't that stupid. He died last, over. Last year, last year, Barry Trotz talked about how Tom how Tom Kunakal was his Swiss Army knife. Yeah. Listen, he fucking hates him now. He had a bad Tom game Kunakal's last game. Ice last time, played. Ready for Tom Kunakal's ice time the last six games? How many times did he have his head down? <laughs> okay, ready? Head nine, down on ice. Two nine, minutes. 9.59, 12.14. 10.05, 11, yeah. 6.47, 6.50, 14.07, 10.19, 5.59. Well, you know what? I that bet you those low numbers are when, when we didn't have a lot – when we didn't take a lot of penalties, and I bet you the high numbers are when we needed killers. Because he's a decent penalty killer, but he's been – he's not been he good this hard, year. and he can still score a big up. goal every once in a while. Exactly. So a good penalty killer is not good enough to be – is not important enough to be in the lineup on a regular basis, especially now that you added one of the best killers in the league. All right, fine. Fair enough. Do you give him a another game the rest of the season, or he just rides the bench if you're if you're the GM or the coach? No, Play ride the bench. And, and ride the bench. Are injured. Listen, listen, this is... So you just tell Mike, you just let Kunago, like, yo, hit the showers. We're done for the rest of the year. Don't call us. We'll call you. That's it? No, just, just be like, put him on, put him on, put him on injury call. Like, if an injury uh, comes up... Look, you're going to have... You're actually going to have bangers coming back in the lineup that have skill like clutter and Casey. And then you've got shut down. You've got shut down centers now with Pajot can shut down top lines. So think of him as like a, a, a Philpola on steroids from last year. Right? So now you can afford now to put the high end skill young kids in there. I would, I want Bellows or I want Walsham. They don't want to burn Walsham's first year. I know he's not going to sniff the, the aisles the rest of the season, but it, put try Bellows, man. Get Bellows out there with Pajot, and let's see what happens if Dal Cole's yeah. out. Oh yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. Come on, like I I've been shitting on Dal Cole less than you guys. But whether or not Bellows plays should have fucking nothing to do with how injured Del Cole is because one of them is a better player and his name does not have a hyphen. When UFC fighters get kicked in the head and they get like knocked out, like laid out like that. I mean, he wasn't maybe knocked out, he but he definitely got out. a concussion. Okay, that's what happens when, you know, like that's that's a concussion, whether he was knocked out or not. That's not good for your head. You know, what I mean, like they're never the same. So I just no. don't see how he's going to, like, jump in at full speed here when he's already a little slow. Like, I just don't. It's over. Just move no, on. Get Bellows, guy. man. Bellows bangs, and he's got the shot. I'm with he's like, Yeah, he's... Bellows isn't a bitch. He throws his body around, and he would probably, like, go. I mean, everyone's taking their game to another level. If you're playing on Pajot's line with Bailey, you're going to score. Yeah. You're just exactly. Gonna score. That's why Del Cole's going to score, and you're an idiot for betting with me. 
So what no, about wait? Cousins, so Dalcol, wait. So so the next game is against the Blues. Is is he not scoring against the Blues or what? Dalcol's not no, playing. The next game, Dalcol's not playing. I'll put money on that. <laughs> I believe that too. I think I think that I think that's the well, case too. If All right, look, we're running we're running long here, boys. So so speak your piece here. Well, final final thoughts. On who, Michael Dalcol? On anything. Anything you want. No, I mean I I think that I'm interested to see what happens in our schedules. The next two games are really important. I mean, if we can play like we did against the Rangers, against Boston, and uh, who else we play? Super fan. I am. The Blues are tomorrow, or the next game, and then the Bruins and are, the are uh, when they retire Butch's number. We're going to go 2-0 and if we play like we did against the Rangers. Well, the good thing, the good thing about playing the Bruins, Bruins, Bruins is that that's going to be the Butch Goring uh, ceremony. So oh, we're gonna if you look them. at the aisles when they when they when they retired Tinelli's number, and that was an awesome speech he gave. And when he was talking to Anders Lee, oh my God, that was just awesome. I, I had chills watching that. But those boys were fired up for that game. So um, I yeah. think you're going to see them fired up for the Bruins also after they retire Butch's number. So hopefully that will help a little bit. Like I honestly think we could beat anybody on any given night, like with our roster now with the, with these centers. If Zizekas can come back relatively soon which i mean we don't have definitive answers but it's got to be like two weeks away at most right yeah i would hope so it was like a month-long thing so he's got to be halfway done see what happens it changes everything i had two more things and they're both about the schedule so it occurred to me that the islanders have been really good at home lately since the all-star break we lost it lost in overtime to vancouver Beat Dallas, beat the Kings, beat the Flyers, beat the Red Wings, beat the Sharks, lost to the Rangers in overtime. So that's one, two, three, four, five, oh, and two since the All Star break at home. And away in that time, we've been one and five. Ugh. By the way, that win was in Washington. Yeah, so, figure. couple thoughts. One, we're winning against Boston. Fuck the Bruins. I hate them so much being in Bruins territory. In, ter- in territory, wow, I can't speak. Second note, I am not excited for our road trip of the second week of March, which is Vancouver away, Calgary away, Edmonton away, Pittsburgh away. Um, partly because the 14th, which is the day after we play Edmonton at 9 p.m., I'm taking the SAT like the real SAT. So like might be, might have to retire on the Edmonton game, but uh, we're, I'm not excited for those four games, the way we're playing away right now. Let's just get, let's just get through a few of these first, you know, like I, I hear you though. I mean, it's going to be, I told you guys, this is going to come down to the wire. These teams are all playing too, like too well to, to take your foot off the gas. You can't give up points. And now with the Rangers making a push too, it's like the entire Metro division wants to get in the playoffs. It's, 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 it's insane. It really is. I mean, thankfully we gained a point on Columbus and we gained a point on Carolina um, again, you know, when, when, when they uh, lost an OT to the Rangers. So that's, that's a good thing, but no, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. It's, it's good. Look, this is, this is like playoff hockey now. So, you know, buckle up, man. 20 games left. Let's let's do this thing. We got our centers. We got our third line figured out, I think. 
Um, so, you know, let's go. Let's let's see what this team's made of because you know what? The next 20 games are going to tell us if they're going to go far into the playoffs or not. If they sure. if they you know if they go 13 and seven or they you know they put together some real solid wins here, then I wouldn't want to play them in the first round. If they keep playing the way that they've been playing, sometimes good, sometimes eh, then I mean they'll be lucky if they get in. And then who are you going to play in the first round? The 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 either the the Capitals or the Bruins that you know whoever or whoever's hot in the Metro that takes the top seed. You don't want that. Yeah, I think we've looked. I, what I like to see is like when you play consistently good for like three games in a row, even if it doesn't mean you don't get all six points, but they look good the past three. So let's see if we could turn this into like a real streak because I I know we lost versus the Rangers, but we outplayed them. So yeah, totally. Quick totally. thing: Do you think Tampa are gonna catch Boston? They're five behind with the game in hand. Uh, the way they're playing, yeah, it's possible. Because yeah, we told, beat Boston on Saturday, yeah. I told my friend 20 games ago that Tampa were going to finish ahead of the Bruins, and they were 15 points back, and I really want to be right. That would be incredible if you were right on that. All right, well, let's let's uh, call this here, man. We've been going for a while. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, we we had a lot to talk about. We're jazzed. We're jazzed here, man. We're getting we're getting to the end. So uh, make sure you follow us on on Facebook, uh, just the Long Island Sound Podcast Facebook group. Uh, we're available on SoundCloud. We are on Spotify. We are on iTunes. We are on Anchor FM. We're on Twitter at Ben's at li sound underscore. I'm at Kaiju Blue 13. Ken doesn't care what you have to say, so he's not on Twitter. And uh, for these two handsome gentlemen, I'm Damon. Later. <laughs> <laughs>